Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for the week ending Friday, August the 6th. On this week's podcast, we're going to talk about all things COVID. Uh, the temporary injunction uh, from Pulaski County Circuit Judge Tim Fox today against enforcement of the state's mask ban. Talk about the train wreck of a legislative session and who knows, maybe some other things. I'm joined this week by special guest Austin Bailey, who is the managing editor editor of the Arkansas Times. Max is away this week. Hello, Austin. Hello. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So uh, we'll start with the news of the day, and that's this uh, ruling from from Tim Fox. Uh, The two public school parents challenged Trent Garner's Act 102, which uh, which prohibited public entities for imposing mask bans. And then the Little Rock School District voted to also sue. The Marion School District started school on a, on a, a different school calendar, uh, trying to deal with learning loss. And in the first little more than a week of school, they had what, like 800 kids in quarantine and around 40 cases. And so they joined the Little Rock School District in suing because they wanted to impose masks. And then uh, late yesterday, Pulaski County Judge Barry Hyde and Sheriff Eric Higgins filed as interveners to the the original suit uh, because they want to be able to impose mask mandates on county buildings and uh, the county jail. So there, all those parties were were in court today, asking Judge Fox to to enjoin the the law, and he did on at least three counts. I, I wasn't in the courtroom. Fox said that reporters weren't going to be allowed, and and originally was going to provide a Zoom link, but it was <laughs> it was derailed by someone who had a a gif of uh, a man masturbating on it. So uh, <laughs> that didn't work out. And, and Fox shifted gears and allowed KTV to stream it. So uh, by the time they got that all up and running, the early part of the hearing was off. But best I can tell, he he ruled on at least three uh, of the claims. Um, uh, he said uh, uh he said that there is a two of them, I believe, were separation of powers arguments. Um, one related to to judges uh, not being able to impose mass mandates. Uh, what was the other one? Um, I'm blanking. the 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 third and the easiest to understand was an an equal protection argument that private school children um, were in a situation where they were safe or would be in a situation where they were safe because those schools are exempt from this mask ban, whereas public school children weren't. So, um, so yeah, that, all those, um, all those Fox went for and, uh, and, and granted, but there were just countless other arguments that he, he denied, but not in a way that doesn't allow the plaintiffs to bring them up if 
the case proceeds. So what is almost certain to happen now is Attorney General Leslie Rutledge will file an appeal to the Arkansas Supreme Court, and it'll be up to the Supreme Court whether to uphold Fox or to send it back to him for a full hearing. And then there would be testimony and witnesses, and he'd consider all these other claims. I'm no lawyer, but I mean, a lot of them seem pretty strong to me and and to other lawyers who I've talked with or to lawyers I've talked with. So uh, that's kind of where we are. Uh, it was definitely good news. Um, school districts who had planned to to impose mask requirements for some or all students will will proceed, uh, but the Supreme Court could throw a wrench in in everything. Um, and and I think it will be interesting to watch the timing of all this because Fox Fox made the ruling this morning and then entered the official uh, ruling in in on on paper into the docket later this afternoon. So I think maybe that was a necessary step for Rutledge to appeal. Um, she hasn't yet that that we've heard of at least. So even if she appealed today and attorneys for both sides wrote briefs all weekend, it probably we're not going to get a hearing until mid next week. Meanwhile, school starts August 16. So it's likely that this case isn't going to be officially settled until school starts. Um, yeah, so um, while it's it's up in the air, um, I can't help but feel like um, all of the hullabaloo at the Capitol this week was, you know, we could have avoided it. It was kind of a train wreck. Um, and I wish it hadn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, anyone that had been following this situation closely, uh, who you'd ask at, at the start of the week, like, what's what's the likelihood of of this awful mass prohibition being overturned? Is it going to be a legislative solution or is it going to be judicial? I think I think everybody kind of had their money on judicial, but I think I saw a Twitter poll that that um, people kind of knew what how it was going to go. But it was it was definitely worse than I than I anticipated. Yeah. So uh, after after weeks, maybe months of of pressure from from parents and and public health officials, uh, we, I think it's probably reasonable to guess that Arkansas public health officials behind the scenes, at least, had really been pushing Governor Hutchinson. He called a special session of the legislature and, and asked it to amend this law to allow school boards the choice to uh, the choice of whether or not to require masks for kids who are not yet eligible for the vaccine. So that's kids under it's 11 and under. Um, yeah, so he kind of handcuffs them from the beginning by saying, you know, we're, I, I, I'm not going to let you consider, you know, requiring masks for all kids, just for kids 11 and under who can't get the vaccine. Um, so I think that might have, you know, people's enthusiasm might have waned a bit um, as far as like coming out for that. Um, 
And then I think also, you know, I thought, well, he kind of threw in at the last minute, oh, hey, can you guys also, you know, affirm me turning away millions of dollars in federal unemployment for suffering families? And I, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, is he giving that as like a, hey, you know, we'll let you be mean to poor people if you'll let us mask up kids. And I kind of thought, well, maybe that's how it will go. But um, I was not correct. No, it it went it went really, really poorly. So you covered it a little, uh, a little more closely than I did. Uh, can you summarize? Yeah. So, so I think, um, I think what happened is, you know, uh, we walked into the Capitol and, you know, people were kind of expecting, you know, a both sides argument, which, you know, on its face is problematic because, it's not really a both sides argument. You know, 99.9% of people who know what they're talking about, you know, say unequivocally, oh my gosh, you've got to mask your kids up if they're going to be in school. You know, there, there's there's no debate among the people that know what they're doing. Um, but, but basically what happened is the legislature, you know, gave equal time to kind of the flat earthers, you know, who were there to um, say that COVID was COVID wasn't real, or that you can cure it with the cattle dewormer. Um, you know, so really, it just went off the rails pretty much immediately. Um, you know, and that was strange. But then, um, you know, it's not really probably surprising for anyone who is familiar with our state legislature. But it was still pretty wild to watch. You know, elected officials embrace this kooky, crazy, dangerous misinformation. Um, so, yeah. so, but the, the way that, it, the way that the governor's call works is he, he had a narrow, this is what the special session should be about. And it's what I described earlier that, you know, kids, kids 12 and under school boards should, should be able to, or 11 and 11 and under should, should have the option of imposing masks. So, that the expectation was that there would be a bill filed to that end. Uh, there wasn't until the second day, I guess, of the session, and that came from Democrats. The, the initial bill was from State Representative Julie Mayberry, a Republican, and uh, it it tried to 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 make it, I guess, more palatable for Republicans by uh, adding some kind of kooky threshold. Um, yeah, the threshold was so high that the Marion School District, where already at that point 700 students were quarantining, wouldn't even meet the threshold to be able to allow to consider masks. So it's just completely reactive, not preventive in any way. But it doesn't matter now because they happily threw that in the garbage with every other attempt that was made. Um, yeah, so that, that, was a, that was a little disappointing. Um, you know, it, it, it just kind of was, um, there was this kind of feeling of like gleefully rejecting um, these appeals from, you know, doctors and, and hospital administrators and um, the eggheads. It was just like a, you know, kind of a, a shoving the eggs, eggheads in the locker kind of vibe going on for sure. And then, you know, and then you have your little founding fathers fan club over there filing bills about um, critical race theory. Um, you know, so it, it definitely, it, it was out of hand. Um, it was, a, it was a, you know, a food fight at the kids table. And, uh, 
I, I don't think the governor will make that mistake again. Yeah, so the, the critical race theory bill didn't go anywhere because it required a two-thirds vote in each chamber to extend the session. And the Senate is filled with nuts, but even some of them weren't willing to go along with that. And and Bob Ballinger and, and Trent Garner are in their feelings about their colleagues not going along for the ride. Yeah, I do want to talk about it, the the Kool-Aid man portion of the session when um, uh, the, the senators on the uh, public health committee um, came to hear testimony from people for or against um, allowing schools to require masks. And Missy Irvin, you know, despite this room full of people who had come to testify, Missy Irvin um, said that she was not going to um, try to, to relax the rules um, to hear that but before, you know, within 24 hours of it being filed, which is a Senate rule that she could, you know, relax if she wanted to. And so she adjourned the meeting after, you know, a minute and a half. Um, Joyce Elliott stepped up and said to this room of people, hey, we're here. You guys may have come from, you know, other parts of the state. We will stay and listen. So if you want to talk, we, we, we will listen to you. And every senator but one, that would be Missy Irvin, stayed and, and listened. And what happened was that apparently they turned off the live feed because it wasn't an official meeting. Um, I think Trent Garner was, you know, was pumping iron somewhere close by. And like, I don't know if he just sensed that Liberty was being threatened or I, I'm, I'm sure maybe you know, Paul Calvert called him or something. And so he burst into the room, like shoved past the security guards and started, you know, bellowing about transparency. That was pretty weird. He was kind of sweaty. He had his car keys in his hands. Um, it was it was pretty awkward. Um, and uh, Greg Letting uh, escorted him out like it, it was like it was like he was like the maitre d' at a fancy French restaurant. And <laughs> yeah. um, so that was pretty wild. Um, but really, you know, everything they, that happens over there these days is pretty wild. So, yeah, anyway. And, and after this last session, which was the worst ever, we all agree, this was this was an example of how it can always be worse. So, yeah, sure. Great to think of that going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, after today's ruling, uh, Governor Hutchinson could have issued an executive order mandating masks for everybody, which probably would have been appropriate given how uh, the, the Delta variant is spreading everywhere and our hospitals are completely overwhelmed, uh, or at least for for school children or some school children. Uh, he, he said he wasn't going to do that, uh, which means that the immediate consequence of this ruling is that it kicks it to school boards. Uh, in, in Little Rock and Fayetteville, we know that school boards will do the right thing and require masks for all employees. That's that's far less clear in in other districts. I mean, even even in in Conway, I think that it it's you wouldn't say that it's a, a slam dunk proposition. The the same folks that we saw at the Capitol this week. You can find at all corners of the state and they are loud and they'll show up. And, you know, I think that we're probably going to have a lot of school boards that are going to be unwilling to move forward on this. You spoke to 
some state officials that represent administer administrators and school boards mm-hmm. and they were they were wary of wading too far into uh, the yeah. Act 102 debate. Absolutely. I kind of, you know, I kind of felt like from the beginning, this was like a game of hot potato and nobody wants to be caught with it. And, and it's a shame because I get that it's a, you know, a big political issue, but really it's about protecting kids. And so it's been really disappointing to see people instead of like stepping up and taking that on, you know, trying to pass the buck to someone else. Um, and, and I definitely think we saw that, you know, um, it, it's frustrating. And obviously, you know, I guess people, uh, I just don't understand why people seek leadership positions, but then shy away from leading. it's it's too bad but um yeah uh i spoke with um some folks um at the you know arkansas association of educational um administrators and um the school board association and uh you know they said you know that there's a lot of um disagreement among their membership throughout the state and that you know some people wanted to to have the um the ability to make decisions about requiring masks in the classroom at the local level but some just really didn't didn't want that some wanted um you know they wanted uh wanted that to come from from someone you know at a higher level which i actually you know i i get that you know who you know they're not doctors they want to go by you know um a, a state formula um you know and then some people just didn't want masks at all um, you know, one thing that that you saw over and over too um, is is this is this idea that in Arkansas, and I think it's probably true of a lot of southern states, um, you know, the data is there. National organizations, American Academy of Pediatrics, are clear. the The CDC is clear. They 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 say this is what you should do to keep people safe. And, and you know, here in Arkansas, we're just not, you know, we're we're so anti government that we're, we're not going to accept that. We need to, I guess, do our own thing, no matter what. All right. Well, uh, I guess, oh, well, one last thing that on just, I guess, yesterday before this lawsuit, uh, Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott re-implemented a city mask mandate for public buildings. Um, I you know, he he said he wasn't concerned about legal pushback. I think that he his advisors had read all the lawsuits filed and and knew likelihood of success. So probably not that risky. Um, do you think that we'll see other cities follow suit soon? Yeah, I think Fayetteville's meeting today. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that's probably in the bag. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be, you know, the usual suspects, um, Little Rock, Northwest Arkansas. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think that um, it'll it'll branch out much beyond that is my guess. At least this week that, the, you know, as the numbers climb and and we start to see more anecdotes of people not receiving care. I mean, today I, we put something on the blog from a, a doctor in Indiana who said that she'd been contacted by a small hospital in Arkansas 600 miles away because it couldn't find a, a bed anywhere closer for a patient. So the more we hear about that, 
some of these, you know, politicians who've who've been reluctant to make moves may change their tune. Well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What you got this week? Um, so I know that this is old and and uh, a lot of people may have already watched it, but I am really entrenched right now in Narcos, uh, both both the Mexico version and the Colombia version. Um, it's really violent. It's fascinating. It's like based on real stuff. I love to unwind by knitting and watching violent TV shows, and I'm all about it. <laughs> what are you knitting right now? Uh, socks. Lovely. Yeah, I'm looking for the socks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, you might you might like uh, Don Winslow's. Uh, I think it's called the Border Trilogy. It's like beach books, but they're all they're all about. Uh, uh, El Chapo and like real cartel figures, but it's fictionalized. Yes. They're real page turners. I can bring them to you. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm into it. Uh, I want to endorse, and maybe I've already endorsed this or someone else has, but I'm really into the White Lotus, the new Mike White uh, limited series. I think there are six episodes, and episode five comes up this week. It's set at a exclusive resort in hawaii and um all these rich people come uh and they're all awful and it's about privilege and mike white is kind of a specialist in tense uncomfortable situations Mm. and so every episode you know i just i like just find myself like uh you know stressed out over how awful people are being and things that they're saying, but also, you know, really titillated. So okay. highly recommend it. Well, re- filled with excellent actors as well. So check it out. It's on HBO. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there. Mask up, get your shots, stay socially distanced. We'll be back next week. <laughs>